special Sunday in uh, many, many ways, but it really is a special Sunday. You know, a couple Mondays ago, um, right before, you know, Michelle Okimura came to speak, that Monday I was just praying, praying for our service here. And then on Monday, um, I had this thought as I was praying that, um, that, that God wanted to give us a word, you know, as a, as a church, as we go through this transition, that this is an important time. And what I did was, and I, and I felt God was saying, you know, to, to ask our, our, our speaker for today, ask him to come. And, you know, he's, he's really, really busy. He travels the whole world. You know, he's like a, you know, he's like, he's like a, yeah, he's just amazing. So I said, ah, he's probably not going to come because he's like so busy. But, um, you know, God opened the door. And, uh, um, yeah, I think God has a word for us, you know. In introducing our speaker, I worked with him for 15 years. Um, he was our senior pastor. I was exec pastor there at Moana Lua Gardens Missionary Church. For those of you who don't know, that's the church that we came from. And the truth of the matter is we wouldn't be here, if, in, in large part, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for um, Cal Chinen and, and his leadership. And um, more than anything, I think, you know, he, he was... Uh, he was a decent senior pastor to me. He was okay. I mean, we had our moments. I will never go back to the original pancake house in my life because, you know, he was, uh, he was not nice. But other than that, yeah, I mean, he might tell you this story where, you know, we're, yeah, you know, yeah, you can tell him the story. I don't want to. I mean, we're talking, and then the waitress comes, and she says, hi, do you need anything else? And he goes, yeah, I need someone else to have breakfast with, you know. And then she's like, what? And, you know. Yeah, but, but uh, I really do appreciate uh, Cal. Um, he's, he was more than uh, my senior pastor. He, he, he's, we're like brothers. You know, I just, um, just all the different things and the challenges in my life, Cal was right there. And so I just so appreciate him. I so appreciate he's coming to share with us. And I'm just really trusting that God has a word for us. So let's open our hearts, open our minds. I'll call Cal up. I'm going to pray for him. Come on up, Calvin Chinin. Now, I think Cal, you know, like, again, we came from Moana Lua Gardens Missionary Church. We started in 2004. But I think, and Cal's come to visit, but I think this is the first time that I think you're speaking to us here. Right? I don't think you yeah, spoke. Yeah, I begged you many times, and I you know. kept refusing me. <laughs> no. Yeah, you, I know, but, but what happened was we have a certain standard here. Uh, uh, and when you started yeah. to go to Hong Kong, yeah, you know, yeah, I said, right. I think uh, maybe now, yeah. I think you, yeah. now you, you, can you see made why the grade. I told the waitress, I need another no. guest instead of this. You, know. you guys don't know. But let me, uh, let, let's pray for, for Cal, because I really do believe that God's going to speak uh, through him. All right, let's just pray. Father, thank you so, so much for Cal, Lord, just for uh, his love and support, encouragement, leadership. Um, thank you that really and truly we really wouldn't be here in large part um, for the vision and the heart that you've given to him, Lord. We pray that you would bless him, bless he and joy, bless their family, Lord. Mm. Bless his ministry that, um, that you've given him charge and responsibility over so much, Lord. I pray you would give him wisdom, much wisdom and discernment as he leads, um, transform our world, Hawaii, God, that you would give him much wisdom and the church as well. And so, Father, we just pray 
that speak through Cal today, mm-hmm. that your words would come out loud and clear to our hearts, and we would grab hold, and we would receive it. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Be nice now. All right. Yeah. No, I'm not going to be nice. Um, well, it's so good to be with all of you. Um, I can see you guys. Yeah, there you are. Um, it's awesome. Uh, and thanks to Mark. Um, uh, I'm going to call him Mark because I just know him as Mark. It's like he calls me Cal. Um, and uh, uh, we do. I, I, I was just thinking about that memorable day when we are in Original Pancake House. And you know how Mark can be, right? Right? Yeah? I mean, you know exactly what I mean, you know? And, uh, and he was being that wise guy again. And, and so the waitress comes and goes, can I get anything for you? And I just said, uh, yeah, I don't like this guest. Can you get me another one, please? And, um, and he's like, first I ever, you ever see Mark in shock? He's like. <laughs> and the waitress is like, I, I, I go, no, 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 I'm just joking. You know, um, uh, but um, we, uh, He's the only guy I know. I, I went through a depression um, back in 1998. Um, our church went through a real tough, tough time. We uh, basically went through a church split at that time, and relationships were really shattered, and it was really, and, um, uh, and it just rocked my world. And, um, and so uh, I'm, I was really, uh, yeah, kind of by myself, alone, and just wanting to be alone. And um, so I'm sitting, I got this rocking chair that I would spend time in solitude with the Lord. So I'm sitting in my rocking chair, and then this guy bursts into the house with the rest of the staff. And, um, and in his comforting way, he goes, oh, you look like Grandma Moses, you know, right now. <laughs> you know, really encouraging this bus up pasta, you know. And um, you so I've never forgiven him for that, but that's all right, you know. Um, no, and actually, we've, so we've been through thick and thin. So, um, yeah, and uh, so a few weeks ago, he told me, he, 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 uh, he was talking about something and moaning and groaning. And go, oh, man, this feels so good that I get to tell you, you look like Grandma Moses right now. <laughs> you know, um, I felt so happy. But we have that kind of relationship, I mean, and it really is. But at the same time, uh, uh, we have gone through, you know, um, as in any family, and because that's, that's really what we have been, is we've been family. As in any family, you know, we, you go through tough times together, you go through great times together. But it's, it really is uh, understanding that when you go through the tough times, that, um, that Allah stays on. And Allah has to stay on. You know, there's this there's uh, this phrase that uh, I recently learned, aloha pa'ole, and um, that uh, aloha pao, which means, you know, all power, everything is done, and ole is from aole. So aloha is never aole. It's never done, you know? And, uh, but we have to choose to do it. And I think that... that uh, Sometimes so we, we think of, when we think of aloha and love uh, in our families and uh, in our churches, and as you guys are, just have gone through a recent, you've planted a new church. You've started a new church. And so there's a number of people that, have been gone, that are gone now, and, and uh, you're going to rejoice uh, over what you see happening over them. 
and over Pastor Max as, uh, as uh, they go out and start that church. But at the same time, you're, you're, you're feeling loss. And, and it's okay because it's never going to be the same again. It's, it, it'll never be. It'll never be like how it was because you've started something new. It's just like when, as a family, when a, a new baby is born. That family will never be the same again, no matter what happens, right? It'll never be the same. It'll be changing. And, and then when that child grows up, you know, as I'm watching uh, Micah and Joanna's little girl, who's no longer a little girl, as she's walking into preteen years, and I'm looking at her, and I can just picture one day, and, you know, and we've told Micah and Joanna this, that when she hit six years old, you know, we, we say to them, as we say to all of our parents, that one-third of your time with your daughter is now over. You've got two-thirds of your time with her now. Because when she hits 18, you basically will have trained her so that she can walk into adulthood, right? You know? And now as she's approaching the 12-year mark, you know, in the next few years, it's, it'll be two-thirds. And I'm, and I'm looking at it and going, wow, the years go by like that. Like that. And, and life will never be the same. It'll never be the same. But we can live our lives where, as Francis Oda keeps saying to us, that 90% of the people live their lives looking backwards and they try to walk forward like this, looking backwards. When God calls us to appreciate and to thank him and to bless him for the past, but to look forward to the future. And what is the future? And what is the future vision that God has? What is the future vision that Micah and Joanna have for Ellis as she blossoms into young womanhood? What is the vision that God has for, for Ellis? What is the vision for her as she walks and becomes this woman of God in 10 years from now? Because you've been in existence for well over 10 years, and those years have just flown by, haven't they? You know? Well, where will it be 10 years from now? What will your life be like 10 years from now? What will the lives of your children be 10 years from now? And we can look at it with dread as we look at the world. Or we can say, God, what is your vision? Because his plans for us are always good. His plans for us are for good and not for evil, to give us a future and a hope. And so he's looking, what is that vision that God has for us for the future? You know? And it doesn't matter uh, uh, where your past is or what you've come out of. And so as, as we come here today, you know, as you're going through this time of, of experiencing this tremendous loss, I, I'm telling you, when, when and, uh, Mark and, and we planted this church, Kakako left us, you know, I mean, Micah and Joanna was part of that crew that, was, that, that went, and many of you, and a number of you here, but I'm rejoicing that many of you were not part of the group because you've been added on. And I don't know a lot of you, and that's exciting to me. You know, uh, to see this. And, but, 
what is the, uh, as you are experiencing this loss, you're going, oh, you know, and it's okay to feel that sadness. You have to. As C.S. Lewis says, it, um, the only way it, that you can love deeply is to experience pain deeply. And those who choose not to experience pain deeply choose not to experience love deeply. And all we have to do is look at Jesus. All we have to do is look at our God, how much he loved us. And there is no one that experienced more pain than our God and our Jesus. And many of us try to live lives, avoidance of pain, and therefore we live avoidance of love. Because to choose to love is to choose to experience pain. As Lewis said, Micah and Joanna can say, you know what, we don't want to feel the pain when Ellis grows up. And they can choose not to feel that pain, but by doing that, they will choose not to love Ellis. They will guard their hearts. And they'll harden their hearts to have a real heart-to-heart connection with their daughter. What they need and what she needs the most. But to choose to love, well, then that means we're going to experience pain. Does this make sense to all of you? Right? Say amen. Then, yeah, okay, good, good, thank you. I need help, I need help. The best place I ever preached at was at this African-American church in Jacksonville, Florida. I absolutely loved it, man. They were like, amen, brother, get up in it. And, and you know, <laughs> I just loved it, man. And I, oh, man, in my next life, I'm going to be African-American. I just know it, you know. Um, but <laughs> yeah. Because there was like all this interaction, you know, and, and the pulpit, the guy is like 6'4", you know, the pastor and preached for Bishop McLaughlin. So the pulpit is like up here. So I have to stand next to the pulpit, you know. And, uh, but it was fantastic. And, but so anyway, so you look at the past, you love the past. You appreciate what God has done, but you now say, okay, and, 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 we, and we experience the pain of this new thing, but now God is something new for you. And what is that new thing that God has for you? What is the vision that God has for, for you? And, um, and I just want to share with you uh, uh, today, let's see, what time, do I have a clock? Oh, oh it's 9.39. I thought I had 9 minutes, 39 seconds left. So, <laughs> okay, what time do I, Paul? 10.15. Okay, all right. Yeah. Uh, everybody's going to rush that man. <laughs> I love you, Bill. Uh, all right. Uh, Matthew 4, 14 to 25. And th- I'm reading this out of the Passion Translation. I've been reading the Passion Translation uh, along with New American Standard, and I, and I, I often read it in the Greek as well uh, every morning. And I just love the Passion Translation. It's written out of the, they translate it not only from the Greek, but out of the Aramaic. And so they bring out some of the Aramaic, which, is the, which was the language of Jesus, um, uh, uh, that they were, their spoken language that they have. So it's very, very similar, but it, at the same time, there's some richness to the Aramaic. Um, it's kind of like the pidgin English of that day was the Aramaic, you know. It says this, he, he did this to make the prophecy of Isaiah come true. Listen, you who live in the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, 
along the road to the sea and on the other side of of the Jordan and Galilee, the land of non-Jewish people. Now, you got to understand that this area of Naphtali and Zebulun and and Jordan, uh, the other side of the Jordan, this was considered the ghetto areas of Israel. This was considered the place that uh, that was poverty-stricken. This was the place where you had a lot of undocumented uh, illegal aliens, if you will, all was gathering in this part of Israel. It was a place when, you know, uh, when you go to this place, you know you're walking into poverty. When you come into this area, you know you walk into a place of hopelessness. You know, uh, when you walk into these kinds of communities, you know. And so he says, you who live in this land, and it's not just purely Jews, it's, you know, there's a lot of uh, other types of uh, other ethnicities that are present. And it's a mixture, you know. And he says this, you who spend your days uh, shrouded, next, next verse, next slide, you who spend your days shrouded in darkness. Again, that sense of hopelessness. He, he's not talking about a literal darkness. He's talking about darkness, of, darkness of the soul, darkness of of our futures, darkness of, you know, you just kind of say, mm, that's the way life's going to be. That's the way life is going to be. I never had a relationship with my dad, and I'm not going to have a relationship with my kids. I didn't have a relationship with my mom, I'm not going to have a relationship with my kids. I never had a relationship, uh, my parents never had, they didn't know how to really love each other and, and have a great marriage, and so I'm not going to have a great marriage. That's just the way it is. You know, I... And we get caught. Uh, I didn't, or, or for some people, you know, that, that we're working with, I never went to college, and my kids are never going to go to college. I'm never, I'm, I never got a PhD. My kids are never going to get PhDs. You know, I, I don't deserve, whatever it is, I don't deserve that. And we settle for our lives in that way. That's the kind of darkness where there's this sense of hopelessness, you know, and Somehow it's not going to work. I was never rich. My, my, my kids will never be rich. That's just not part of who we are. I'm never going to prosper. You know? And so he's saying this. Those who, who spend your days shrouded in darkness can now say, we have seen a brilliant light. And those who live in the dark shadow land of death can now say, the dawning light arises on us. The dawning light arises on us. And the dawning light was Jesus. And this is the beginning of Jesus' ministry. And this is the prophetic word that was given that Isaiah had in Isaiah chapter 9 when they said, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. This is that very same, in that same context is the coming of Jesus. And then look at verse 17, the next verse. From that time on, Jesus began to proclaim his message with these words, keep keep turning away from your sins and come back to God, for heaven's kingdom realm is now accessible. In others, light is entering in. There is new life. There is new hope of what God wants to do. As we look at our Hawaii, 
As we look over at our state, our beloved state, and we see all kinds of pilikia going on. We look at what's going on with Mauna Kea. We look at the suicide rate that's going on with our kids. Where we have the highest uh, rates of, 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 of young people threatening to commit suicide. And we go, okay, what? Is there any hope for it? Do we make any decisions? Or do we just come together and so we can hide out in our churches and, and experience hope for ourselves in the midst of this dark world? Or is this light that Jesus is talking about for all of Hawaii? Or are we saying, ah, oh, Hawaii, I don't, we can't do anything about Hawaii. We can do something here. Because you see, what happens is, if you go back to the previous verse again, what, uh, uh, if you back up to the previous part, uh, slide, he says this, you who spend your days shrouded in darkness can now say, can we now say this to Hawaii? To Hawaii. Or is Jesus only for the church and for churches? Is Jesus for all of Hawaii? That what we are experiencing here and the goodness we have experienced here is for all Hawaii. You see, and I want to say to you, you're here to experience this light. But could it be that you're also here to share this light and to be this light to all of Hawaii. We have so many people right now that are praying for Mauna Kea and for all the things that are going up there, on up there. You know, and, and we're praying for God's peace and God's light to enter there. You know, and I, I personally believe that God is going to give us a divine solution to Mauna Kea. And, uh, and what God is going to give to us. But as we pray blessings, you know, some of us can just say, oh, you know, these activists, oh, all they do is just cause trouble. Man, you know, they're stopping all this progress that we're trying to make. All they're doing is, they, you know, they, we, look at what we can, we can be, be the, the best telescope in the whole world, can be right here in Mauna Kea, and these guys stopping us. Oh, I tell you, these activists, and we may not say it, but we may think it. You know, sometimes I think like that. On the other hand, we can say, oh, man, these people have no appreciation for the land. They, they don't understand how sacred, and they come in and they're violating our land. They're coming from outside on top of that. And the way they're treating us. And so, and, and, and so we can get all this, all this pilikia that we're feeling against each other. And in both places, we have no light. But you see, what God is saying, no, where would Jesus be in all of this? I think Jesus just be bringing the light and the love of God as he shines upon us. And, and there is a solution. I am totally convinced there is. We're going to be able to understand each other and love each other. And God wants to use the church. Are we here to make a difference? Or do we say, ah, uh, no can. You see, the moment we say no can, oh, I don't even want to go there. 
That's when we're giving in to hopelessness. Yeah? And so God wants to use this congregation, this family, if you will, to bring this light, not just to your life and to the lives of those around you, but to to people everywhere. So Jesus says, repent and turn because the kingdom of God or this light is now accessible. You know, it's right at hand for all of us. (sighs) I'm going to stop right now. This phrase here, the dawning light arises on us. I was blown away when I read this. Because, see, earlier this year, um, uh, I was, you know, I, I, I started just focusing in on the commands of Jesus this year. And, um, and so I've been just uh, reading, uh, I started off with the Beatitudes, and I just read one verse, and I'll read it in different translations, and, and, I'll, and I'll meditate on it. And, and as I began doing it one day, and I, and I, you know, in the last few years, I've just been, in my quiet time, I started listening to Hawaiian music, you know, and so I just get some of the old Makaha sons and uh, brothers Casimero, and, and just, uh, I just listen to that as I'm reading my Bible. So as I'm reading my Bible and praying, I'm listening, and, and I start crying, and I'm just crying, crying, going, Lord, why am I crying so much, God? You know, I don't understand this, you know? And then, and it's this song that the Makaha sons were singing, you know? And it's this song called Kealala. And so I go, what is this song? Why is it that as I'm reading scripture, you are speaking to me so much? And um, uh, in fact, a few, few, and I'm crying my eyes out, okay? In fact, a few months ago, I was complaining to the Lord. I said, Lord, why do I have to cry so much? And the Lord said to me, remember years ago when you were in college, I told you that you're going to be like the prophet Jeremiah. And I go, oh, no, because the prophet Jeremiah was called the crying prophet. <laughs> and I was like, you know, all of 20, 22 years old, you know, and I go, oh, no, Lord, don't do this to me, you know. And, but then, so I'm crying, I'm going, okay, Lord, what is it? So then I, I look up the song. If you can pull up that song, uh, the lyrics to that song, Kia Laula. And um, this was actually, you know, uh, er- earlier in the, in the year, and, and the Lord says to me, this is what I'm doing over Hawaii. And, uh, and, I'm, and, then, and I was going on my prayer walks, and, I'm, and I go on a prayer walk a number of times a week, and so I, go up to, I was going up to um, uh, Pohainani, this uh, senior adult care facility um, by our house. And as I'm walking through the grounds with my dog, and... Um, Oh, turn back up to previous slide. This one. As I'm walking around, I see it again this phrase, Kealala. And I'm going, Lord, what, what are you trying to say to me? And, and it means, and, and, and at Pohainani, they have a little sign, and it says Kealala on, their, on the walkway. And, and it says, the breaking of a new dawn. And then it has this verse, the way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn. Shining ever brighter until the full light of day. And what the Lord begins to say to me is this. He goes, I'm breaking a new dawn over Hawaii. It's for all of Hawaii. 
And in fact, he said, I'm going, to, and you're going to, I'm going to break it open at this Aloha on Purpose conference that we just had. And it's going to be a breakthrough of Aloha, Aloha on Purpose. And I mean, it's not because of us. God is just doing this over all of Hawaii. And, and it's not as if that the conference was the keystone because it's been happening, but it's just like a prophetic act was the conference of this breakthrough of Kealaula. And, and, and he says this in the lyrics. Um, and so I looked up the lyrics, and he says, Oh, kumu ola my tutu. And it's like as if he's talking to the sun, the sun as if the sun is God, and the God is his, 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 his tutu. Burst with rays of fire, opened a flaming pathway from the source, the center. The foundation trembled, echoed throughout the land, and opened a stream of life. Appeared, Kamavaipolani, go ahead. Moving toward the sea, onward like a living river, opened a seaward path, enveloped in life's breath. The story is told, restore this sacred domain, opened the path of life for the generations of this land. And what he is saying in this Kealaula is there is a new day. And this new day is a new day of God's aloha being poured out upon all of us. But it's for, it, it, like, the Hawaiian songs always have kauna. There is a surface meaning. But what you want to go after is you want to go after the kauna. You want to go after the deeper meaning. And it's very, very spiritual. It's a connection of heart to heart. It's a connection of spirit to spirit. It's a connection for those who have ears to hear, to let them hear. For those who have eyes to see, to let them see. You know, and, and as I was listening to something, I realized, oh my gosh, God is doing something huge in our midst. It is so powerful. It is bringing in the light of day. And then I thought about our good friend and that I'm encouraging your pastor to have him come here and to speak is Pastor Alan Cardenas. In 2016, they had seven suicides among their young people. You know, you're not going to see it in the papers because the papers are not allowed to, to display suicides lest, uh, lest there be copycat suicides, much, much less among young people. But there are seven suicides out on the west side in the Nanakuli district. And kids are killing themselves one after another in one year. And so the district superintendent said, uh, uh, the, the complex area district superintendent said, everything we're doing is not working. All the, all the money and all the expertise that we have is not working. And they said, what do we need? They said, we need something spiritual. And they said, who do we ask? We, they said, we're going to ask Pastor Alan Cardenas because Pastor Alan Cardenas loves Nanakuli. You see, so often for us as pastors, we're known as people who love our churches. The rest of the state, we cannot do anything about. But what Pastor Alan has done consistently for the last almost 20 years, is he's been loving on Nanakuli. And so the complex area superintendent said, we cannot do, we don't know what to do anymore. We need help. And so they called in Pastor Allen. So Allen got involved with them. 
and started praying with them. And, 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 and then he said, you know, we can do, we can bring in challenge day. And they've brought in challenge day. Uh, uh, we've had challenge day for over 20 years here in Hawaii. You know, uh, but, but Alan said, you know, we're gonna, I'm going to have the people of our church be involved in that challenge day. Because challenge day is an anti-bullying campaign. And really what it is, is, is challenge day is there to address uh, um, uh, ACEs, adult childhood, no, uh, not adult, but um, can't always forget that first word. Traumatic experiences that you have as a child. You know, and, and it's, it really is there to begin to address these things. And so they, they started with a lot of fun, and, and they brought in these two guys from uh, the San Francisco Bay Area. And they, they came in, and they, and, but the whole staff, all the volunteers, are all people from Allen's Church and from our TOW Hawaii churches. And they all got involved. And, and, uh, and they have, the kids are having a lot of fun. And then he says, okay, how many of you guys you know, um, have, have ever, ever been bullied in your life? And then a bunch of kids raised their hands. And I said, okay, how many of you have ever been uh, hijacked? A bunch of kids raised their hands. And how many of you have ever been beaten up at home? And a bunch of other kids raised their hands. And a bunch of the kids that are raising their hands were, were beaten up at home. Many of them were the ones who were the hijackers and the bullies. And then they began to see each other in different light. And they said, okay, how many of you guys was ever sexually abused? And then a bunch of kids started raising their hands. And then the tears starts flowing. And they just begin to share. And then they break up into these little groups that are led by, this is not a church function. This is at Nanakuli High School and Intermediate. And then they break up into these little groups, and they're all led by Believers. And he just began to share. One, one guy coming up to me says, you know, he says, uh, 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 Daniel was, my, my son, our son Daniel was a part of it and our other pastor Ron was a part and Marin was a part of it. And, and they come home from challenge day and they are wasted. And I had another one of our parents come over and he said, man, he goes, he goes I, I can't say anything, but I, got, but I got to share this. He goes, I was with a 10th grade girl and she had been raped from the time she was eight years old by every male figure in her family. Till now. I said, and I don't know how to handle that. Does anybody wonder why suicide, why this whole thing about explicit and pornography is making an impact upon our state? An amazing thing is this. They did it that first year. And in that first year, they identified 30 students who were threatening to commit suicide. And after that first year was done, zero suicides. 
They did it the next year. They identified 40 kids who were were threatening to commit suicide. And in the next year, zero suicides. And in the last two years, Nanakuli has experienced zero suicides. A new day is dawning over Hawaii because Jesus is coming to our Hawaii. And many of these kids, and you cannot talk about God, you cannot talk about church. None of the guys are allowed to talk about God or talk about church. But the kids are all going, this is God. This is Jesus. They see it. A new light, a new day is dawning for our Hawaii. How do you stop the dawn? You cannot, but you can run away from it and you can hide yourself away from it. God is dawning over our Hawaii. And, I, and, and so, so as I listened to this, I said, there's a new way that God is pouring out upon all of us, a new way of thinking, a new way of living that God wants to do for all of us. And so... So this song was just, uh, has been so powerful for us. It's Keolaula. It's a new day. What does he say in Lamentations? As, as the prophet Jeremiah looks over the, the city of Jerusalem that has now been ravaged and burned down and all hope is lost, what does he say? He says, your mercies are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. And God's mercies are new every morning. They really are. God's love, his aloha, is new every morning. And he's there to give us a future and a hope. And so what God wants to say to us is, there is a new day, Kealaula. Kealaula for your family, Kealaula for yourself, Kealaula for, 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 this, for this congregation here, Kealaula. Look to the future that God has for you. Don't dwell in the past. Look to the future because God has, and his future is so much greater. He doesn't just call you to be a nice church. If you're going to be a good and nice church, we've got... Tons of them out there. But it's all salt caught in little salt shakers. When the salt is meant to be spread out, when the light is meant to be spread out for all of us. And you have great light here to look to the future, to make a difference. Because you certainly can and you certainly will. There's a, and you say, how, where do I begin? Uh, Where do I begin? Well, I'm having my quiet time, and I get hit by another song. And again, I'm I'm reading my Bible, but all of a sudden, I I start 
crying my eyes out again. I'm going, Lord, what's going on? As I'm listening to this song, I'm going, what's up with this song? You know, because I wasn't, I just put a mix on. I wasn't watching what songs was playing, you know, on a YouTube mix, and I'm just playing it. And, and I look over, and, uh, and it's this song, Kavailele, Onu uh, Uwanu, by the brothers Casimero. Kavailele Onu Uwanu. And, um, and I go, what's up with this song? So I look it up, you know, I just, you know, Google it and look it up. And it was written by uh, Jay Kauka, who is a teacher at, a uh, vice principal over at uh, Kamehameha. But Jay said, uh, but it, it, he has a little, a little footnote to this song. And he says, he says that um, when he was a student at Kamehameha, he used to come from Kailua side and go through the Nu'uanupali and then go up to Kamehameha. And he said, whenever they would go through it, they often would see the waterfalls over in, uh, coming down in Nu'uanu. And the father said to him, he says, you know, I want you to know that's my life pouring into yours. And then his father died when, when Jay was still a young man. And then he wrote this beautiful, beautiful song. And and. And I read that footnote, and, and someone, I, have, I think it's my wife, uh, and my dad just died two years ago, you know, but, and so this is last year, just a year. She put a picture of my dad right on my desk, okay? And, and, I'm, and I'm listening to the song, and I look at my dad, and I start crying my eyes out, you know? Because there is an inheritance that is passed on generationally. This inheritance that is passed on generationally goes through family lines, both physical and spiritual. I, the biggest compliment I've been receiving recently is you remind me of your dad because that never used to happen before. Before it was always, you should be more like your dad, you know. But, you know, and, and by the way, my dad treated Mark like a son. And the way you knew it is he would scold Mark up and down <laughs> the, the Mississippi River, man, you know. <laughs> uh, I said, Mark, that's because he loves you. That's why he scolds you like that, you know. Because he only treats sons like that, you know. And, um, but it, so we, we receive this generational blessing. But then we can also receive spiritual generational blessings. On Friday night of our conference, Danny Silk spoke. And Danny comes out, you know, uh, his parents got divorced when he was five, six years old. He said anywhere between 30 and 40 men paraded through his house. His mother went one man after another after another, some abusive, some not. He said that's, he said those men were teaching him what, is, what, what it meant to be a man. That's all he knew. He 
basically leaves home when he's 16 years old and is living with his girlfriend. You should, you should listen to this. It's over the top. He's living with his girlfriend when he's 16 years old and having to take care of his younger brother. He comes to the Lord, and when he comes to the Lord as a young man, he goes to this little church of 150 people, probably about the size of this. He said, in this little church, it was pastored by a pastor by the name of Bill Johnson. In this little town in the middle of nowhere. And him and his good friend, Chris Vallotton, would meet with Bill Johnson. And they'd come over to their house for dinner. And Bill was sleeping over his house. And, and Bill, and they'd be watching Bill talk with his kids. And they'd go, man, these guys, how come they don't fight with each other? How come they talk to each other so nice? How come even when they're mad at each other, it don't look like they're mad at each other? How come they're able to just uphold? And, and they, he began to learn and receive so much from Chris. I mean, from, uh, from Bill. And so I asked, I asked uh, Danny this. I said, Danny, if you had become a Christian, but you were not adopted into Bill's family, what would your life have been like? He goes, I'd be divorced today. I said, even as a Christian? He goes, yeah, even as a Christian. Because I would do the same thing that I was taught. And I would receive the same things that was given to me, I would give away to my kids. He says, because I got adopted and, and grafted into Bill Johnson's family. He said, that's why my family is different today. That's why I'm still married today. And that's why I have this encouragement. And, and one day Bill came up to him and Bill said to him, he said, you know, Danny, I am a fifth generation pastor. He said, you're my spiritual son. You are a sixth generation pastor. All that Bill has received, he has now passed on to Danny because there is a spiritual inheritance of walking in the waterfall of God's blessing." I wish we had time that I could show you these songs, but time has escaped us. But I want to share this with you, all of you. The mistake I made as a pastor, and those of you who were under my charge, I repent before you now, and I ask for your forgiveness now, was I modeled the church after the business community, and I made the senior pastor into a CEO rather than a father. And it was one of the worst things I've ever done. That's what most of the churches did, where we've modeled the business community to be our models of what church is supposed to be like when the church has always and will ever be God's family. They call it his oikos. We're all part of God's household. That means family in the Greek. It means ohana. And because I did that, you know, and that would be like you telling your kids, I am not a CEO of this family. You fired. You know how much damage we bring to our children when we treat them as employees or as soldiers rather than as sons and daughters? You know how poor a witness we are to our kids of what God is like? 
Because God doesn't relate to us as the great CEO of the sky. He doesn't relate to us as the great general of the sky. He relates to us as father, as a Jewish father. And a Jewish father prayed a blessing upon his wife and his kids every Sabbath. 52 times a year, the father would bless his wife and bless his children. How many of us have even grown up with five blessings ever from our parents? And you see, people, when my word to you today is this, be a family. Be a family. Be a family with healthy business principles. Be a family with healthy educational principles. But at the end of the day, be a family. Because on the honestly, honestly, at, you cut Mark open, you cut Joanne, Joanne open, in their heart of hearts, that's a father and a mother. Right? He is the epitome of what a father is like. He's not perfect. There are very few us perfect people around that was a joke. That was a joke. Okay. <laughs> There's only one perfect person. His name is Jesus. But you see, there's no perfect fathers. And yet God tells us to be the father of our children. There are no perfect mothers. And yet we're still given that authority, right? That's what God is saying here. I believe the word of the Lord here to all of you. Dave Oyadamar said it on your Father's Day when he said that Mark is the spiritual father of this congregation. And Joanne, she's a spiritual mother. And if you will receive them as your spiritual parents, your inheritance will change. Because now you walk in the waterfall of their blessings. Of their blessings. I'm going to tell you this. Having them as a spiritual father and mother is the most threatening thing ever because some of us grew up with fathers and mothers that abused and deserted us and they, never, and they didn't have aloha on purpose. And we see we're going to have that same lens as we come into the church. But you know what God is going to do with that? He's going to use it to bring healing. Healing so that you will not pass that on to your children. Just as Danny Silk did not pass on to his children, but he had received. It's a new day, Kialala. It's a new day of his Kavai Lele, if you walk in it. What do you think? Yeah? Yeah, at least three of you said amen. So. <laughs> All right. Dave Oyadamari, John, would you stand? I have a word for you. I don't know what exactly that word is. You are the firstborn son. You're the firstborn son of this congregation. You're the firstborn son in your own family. But God has chosen you to be a firstborn son in this family here. Your wife is a firstborn daughter. God is going to raise you up. He has chosen you for this, not only to be a part of this family, 
Because as you do well here in this family, God is also going to raise you up to the places of darkness. The more you real, as you walk as a son, the brighter your light will be in the marketplace. Because God has great destiny for you and for your son in a huge way. And the light is going to shine even brighter than you are aware of. You receive that? Amen. You're a firstborn son. Amen. 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 I think that was God's word. Joe, where's, where's Joe? Joe's somewhere. Come. A couple things. I wanted to, to ask Cal to, to, to just pray um, for all of us. Because in a real sense, you know, we're part of his family too. This is family. And so he would pray a blessing or whatever God puts in his heart for all of us. And then I wanted Joe to, to just pray for Cal as he continues his ministry. But why don't you stand? Yeah. And, and, and open your hands, your hearts, your minds, and just receive whatever. Yeah, if you can pray for us, that'd be awesome. Amen. Whatever. Amen. I want to say this. This is completely voluntary. And it's not. It's you choose. You choose. But I believe God is, is, gonna, is changing the whole dynamic of this church so that it becomes a family of God, a household of God. And, it's, and not that it's been bad, it's been fantastic. You've, you're doing what very few churches have done, is planting another church. It's incredible. But this bringing on this whole new dynamic that God wants to add. Yeah. So, if you want to receive, just lift up your hands before the Lord of what God wants to do. Oh, And Lord, I just bless Mark and I bless Joanne first. First of all, Lord, as a spiritual father and spiritual mother, they have loved deeply and they have hurt deeply. They've experienced incredible joy and they've also experienced incredible pain. And we thank you and we honor them, Lord, as a spiritual father and mother of this congregation, of this family. Mm. Ooh. And Mark and Joe, do you receive the fact that Jesus' church is first off a family? Mm. Do you receive to be the spiritual father and mother of his family here in Jesus' name. Do you receive it? Whoa. <laughs> then I pray an anointing and a blessing upon you. Now, we acknowledge you as a spiritual mother and a spiritual father over this congregation, that the two of you together reflect the image of God. Male and female, he them created. In the image of God, them he created. Whoa. And so we bless you now to walk in a whole new manner. Mm. As spiritual mother and father. Whoa. And Lord, we just bless now your family here, your ecclesia here. We bless them now in Jesus' name. 
And if you receive the fact that we are now family, just say, yes, Lord, I receive that. Yeah. And so we speak a blessing now. Yes, you will have healthy business principles. Yes, you will have healthy uh, uh, family and dynamics and all these things. But at the end of the day, you are family. And we bless you now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the 12 tribes. He is the God of generation to generation to generation. And I speak to you now that your generations to come will love the Lord Jesus Christ with all their heart, mind, souls, and strength. Then it'll go to your children and to your children's children and to your spiritual children and your spiritual children's children on to the fourth generation. We bless you now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 It's a new day, church. So why don't you pray for Lord, we just thank you for this powerful word and powerful impartation. And Lord, we just lift Cal and give thanks to you for him, for his heart, for his life with you. Um, We just pray blessing upon him, Lord, as he extends his hands and his heart throughout the state and even extends it to the world, Lord. You're, You're moving through his heart and his hands. And we just pray more, oh Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus that um, you'll fill him with your peace, mm. that your peace will rule in his heart. Mm. I pray in the name of Jesus that you'll fill him with joy, mm. that his, what his eyes see, your hand moving, will just delight mm. him. And I just thank you, Lord, that you will grow more, Lord, and establish more of your love, Lord, in his life. Because you are all about love. And we just thank you for the word you brought through him today. We pray blessing upon him, joy, and his family. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Hey, Cal, that really was God's word. Thank you so much.